0: You have to expect nothing and that's the important message if you work in rural areas. You really have to know what I need to bring my project on the ground. And often you find on the ground a local solution. We do we are not uh, have this experience in, in Europe to strong poor, um, people who are hungry. Are really, dangerous. We cannot leave terrorist groups. And, and don't try to change the reasons why terrorism. But I'm, I'm not fighting against them, you know? They don't like me, but I'm fighting against poverty. Bonjour,
1: bonjour, and welcome to Mission First, the podcast to learn from successful entrepreneurs changing the world for the better. In today's mini-series, my guest is Torsten Schreiber, founder and CEO of Africa Green Tech, the company which empowers small businesses and people in Africa through sustainable energy solutions. In this third part of the interview with Thorsten, we talked about the challenges he faced while doing business in Africa. How you need to be lean and creative. What attracts people to join Africa Green Tech? About the high price you pay, sometimes involving human lives. And what are the rules of thumb to follow to safely build a business in a risky country? One of the advice you sent me in advance, you said, be prepared, work lean, don't look for the conditions you need to reach your goal, but use the resources you find. Can you explain me a bit more about You this? know, you're coming often from,
0: <laughs> for example, from a startup hub in Berlin, and you, yeah. you, you, you have everything around you. You know, you need uh, uh, something to buy, a screwdriver, you go to have 10 big shops you can find everything Uh, you have always electricity you have always access to to information and we have everything overflow i can say and it's very hard to learn if you then need something what you forget to find if you are in the project so um it's it's always um how, how i can explain you 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 have to expect nothing. And that's the important idea a message if you work in rural areas. So you really have to know what is needed for my own security, for my own health, and what I need to bring my project on the ground. And often you you find on the ground um a local solution. You know. And um sometimes you you can't you don't have access because the street is away from the rainy season. So you knew, you need to use horses. And that's what I mean with this um, advice. Um, you have to be really open and, and um, yeah, as I said, lean, don't expect access to uh, support to solutions, what you know from Europe really have to look what can you find on the ground. I mean, especially for people who are really in the beginning and as you're doing with your podcast, try to help young and new entrepreneurs um, to motivate them. Um, don't expect too much in the beginning. Just uh, slow down your expectations and then you are not so uh, sad if you see that it's really hard on the ground. And perhaps you fail in the first or two mission and um,
1: yeah when you talk about failing what has been the the most difficult part you know what what can you remember what what was a specific challenge that you had to overcome when it comes to uh you know developing your products many 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 uh, experiences Uh, perhaps two
0: examples in the beginning um we we did expected so much jealousy inside a community. And we lost two of our electricians. Uh, They get poisoned from their own population. Uh, Why? Because after the village get our solar attainer and the electricity was um, provided to the clients, our electrician, we have uh, in each village, we have two uh, employees who live with our container, so one is our electrician who sell the prepaid um, amounts for the smart meters, and the other is the guardian who takes care that in the evening or in the night uh, cows or uh, animals don't uh, start eating the cables. And the and two of our election, uh, electricians was really poisoned, so their own neighbors killed them because they uh was jealous that his he has such an income and such an access to all others because everybody who has problem with his with his rich called him and he was quite you know important uh, uh in his own village and the the enemies that just killed these two guys in two different villages and after that we 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 changed our our system, we don't choose um, local who was born in this village. We have a rotation system. So our electricians uh, stay six months in a village and then they move to another. So this jealousy inside the families in the clan structures uh, are broken. And this is the, the one of the, I think, say, experience I had to lose, to lost very motivated uh, employees and um, the second worst experience I can say was uh, last as I was uh, two years ago I was invited by uh, President Idris Debi from Chad present HET, and itris Debi was happy to give me the key of his country and he said your company is well known you have a good reputation please help us we have the lowest electricity rate in, in Africa. And I was very proud and I bring my, my team, we rented a, a big storage in Enchamena in, in and uh, was planning to electrify millions of people, signed contract in Chad. And um, in 26th of April 2021, um, they killed Idris Debbie. He was assassinated. And um, me and my team, we get evacuated from Chad, and losing all these big projects uh, was very painful for me because uh, I was really seeing this opportunity to help and to impact so many people with our solutions. You know, for me, if the uh, if, um, if region has these big problems and I can really help, by providing a solution makes also very happy for for yourself. And this was quite hard to lose this partner. I mean, you in a, in a, in a career of an entrepreneur, you don't often have a president as a direct partner who says, okay, my son, yeah, because he was uh, 74, he was quite old, and he talked this way to me, like I'm, I'm his son. And I had I I a chance to change the whole country. And after he died, the new regime changed
1: totally. And um, yeah, we, we, we stopped our operations there. This is really sad. And uh, I think something at that time, like, where Yeah, it's not about over, you don't have a, an easy solution to overcome that. And this is probably a, a good transition uh, because you frame it very well how risky it can be in the, you know for for yourself and for the company and the, the employees the second part that that i wanted to talk about not really product innovation but the part about you know, how to safely build the business you know in a, in a risky country
0: well um we can say this is uh, it's our advices for for crisis regions like the sahel but um you have also um, you find this also in other regions, not only in Africa, um, in regions where the government has no control over territories because of activists, uh, terrorism activists or um, also consequences from climate change already. So where you have a, way, a kind of chaos, um, they have really totally different um, challenges. The biggest challenge is um, ne- a-, a part of the security issues is your health, because um, you don't have access to to um, hygiene, to food, to clean food, to, um, to medicine, and also not to medical, um, to doctors, because sometimes if you travel to a village, the next um, hospital is it's 300 kilometers away and for 300 kilometers in a country like Mali you need 2 days it's um, it's not uh, they don't have streets uh, you don't have this infrastructure you also don't can call an helicopter it's it's just you are um, totally isolated and you have to count only on yourself your equipment and your team and um, if you really want to work, and if you're crazy enough to work in these regions, <laughs> then you have to be well-prepared and and not just think, well, it's an adventure. I can make it because I was already in Australia and I was backpacking in Mexico. That's why I can also do it. Yeah. The Sahel is, a meanwhile, a really difficult region, but very important. We have 220 million people living in these zones. And we have to stabilize it um, from that way I talking, not only from the political geopolitical way, but we have to stabilize the civil society. And so we
1: need many people who 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 are ready to be in these zones. And this is a part I mean just to also understand that to make sure we wanna understand everybody listening to this part is understanding Providing electricity to 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 and, and water to to all the people there is a big part of stabilizing a country. It's, it's access to basic needs. Yeah.
0: So the it, it's health, healthcare, it's education, it's water, it's electricity, and as I said, cool chains and communication. So these five basic needs for for surviving. Um, are important that people don't flee if you if you're living in a, in a village your elders and your grandpa already lived it's not that you that they, they, they all these people want to go away but if they have any perspective and um, even this they have to be afraid the terrorists come there and and, and make massacres in the in the village then they're really desperate. They have the only chance for these people is to flee, to pack some some clothes and, and, and go north way or south way. And uh, we have already about 50 million uh, people in, in, in sub-Saharan Africa who are on the move. Not all of them will come to Europe, but uh, they destabilizing also their neighbor countries. You you see uh, kilometers away, refugee camps, just 200,000 women and children
1: flee away from, from terrorist attacks. Getting back to the security, so, you know, you said something like study the security situation the risk for your team and, you know, be vigilant, trust no one. So, can you explain us a bit more about these two? Yeah, um, what what is for
0: people coming from the global south, I have many friends coming uh, often and, and also I saw that it was employees and, and partners. Um, if you don't have this m- long experience, what I have, often you fly in into a mission. You're coming with this this um, big heart, you know, your because you you want to help, you want to support, and uh, you have this this idea of everybody is uh, welcoming you. And in a, in in countries like Niger or Mali or Chad. Many people have less than 50 cents uh, euro cents per day to survive. And if they see, for example, your smartphone, what costs1,200 dollars, it's, it's, uh, they have to work ten years to have one, to have the same amount of money. and we are not uh, have this experience in, in Europe to handle strong poverty. I mean, poverty everywhere, and um, people who are hungry are really dangerous. I can say, and um, I had this experience that uh, sometimes we come into in, into a village, and there are groups who are quite desperate, and they just try to to get something out of it, and uh, this is this danger what coming out of the situation from the people and. You have to have this respect and be careful that not everybody is your friend because he is nice to you. Um, But I don't want to say that um, don't be open to people, but uh, trusting a stranger in a really poor country or in um, in a crisis region is much, much, much more risky. So how do you do? How do you know where to draw the line? Well, over the years, um, I'm I'm started to to find my own spiritual way to handle it. So, I don't look into to people in that way. What I learned in in Europe to look what kind of clothes he has or how good he is in 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 speaking or language. I try to feel people. So, what is their intention? What is why he why he's talking to me what's his hidden agenda and uh, that's helped me to survive i can say and i faced many bad experience with people who was so nice and so helpful and then you give them access to resources then they just they rob you and they um, yeah they they blackmail and it's it's really hard to work in 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 these areas it's it's difficult you you have to learn that you really have to look who you can trust and on the end it's a long-term relationship what you have to build to people and that's what i do since since 2014 i have since what? since what? I, since the first day for example i have gotten security partners They take care about me and they are ready to to get killed for for rescuing me. You have basically like, let's say, bodyguards. Yes, um, but it's more people who really want that we stay in the country. So, you know, sometimes you also get um, sad and I always say, okay, I will leave, I don't come back and then everybody is very busy to, to, to make yeah to, to 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 do everything that i will stay and these people really know our work they know the impact and they they have a big heart for for their own population one example is is Cangunda Traore, Traoré, the former president from Mali who is meanwhile really big mentor and close friend and um he is uh, a guy who always say please please uh, stay with the malian people because you are such a good good guy you're doing such good things uh, don't let you uh, demotivated from from some of our population
1: yes yeah don't generalize and i mean there is a context which explain like sometimes situations how much is your life at stake you know your your life and the life of your wife because you were explaining me if I remember correctly, something like you had to be careful how you travel, for example, with your wife? Yeah, well, the, we are quite in, in danger because
0: um, on the end, I mean, we make public crowdfundings. People see uh, see how many money we invest. We have big press documentations. And as I told you before, it creates jealousy and for For um, bad people, it's uh, also a business to, to, for example, kidnap people. And uh, meanwhile, we have to travel lonely, so we don't travel together, because uh, we have to take care about this so-known keyman risk for our investors, because if either and I get killed, for example, or kidnapped in the same time, it has a bigger impact on our company than if only one of us is uh, is uh, you are the two co-founders yes we meanwhile we are yeah. we are many ma- mo- much more people but in the beginning it was really focused and on on us as a as a couple and uh, meanwhile we have um, much bigger structures and the, we try to, to to reduce the the, the risk but uh, one of our travel on um, guidelines is not to travel anymore together
1: you mean traveling like here for example you are together in senegal but when you travel where your headquarters are but when you travel to the, you know, the the country where you're in operations you don't travel together
0: for example yes but in the moment ida is in mali and i'm in senegal
1: so this is a good example in the moment
0: we she's on a mission there, and i take care here so before we all have to do everything together so if you travel in the village, we travel together uh, with all our entourage, but that we, we change because we have to make something like a chasing rabbit game with, with terrorists and, and, and bad people. We also publish uh, our informations with a delay. So if I publish on LinkedIn a story about visiting a village in night, in this moment I'm already in another country. It's It's necessary, it's very sad to say so, but it's part of our our reality, you know. We are the only social entrepreneurship company in Mali, Niger and Chad. There are no others because it's it's just from the, also from the, if you look to compliance guidelines of big companies like taking, for example, Siemens, um, a company cannot... That go give this risk to its employees because um, it's just
1: too big um, for the for the brand. How do you convince your employees then to do that? How do you convince your employees to join you? Yes, that's a good question.
0: But to be honest, we don't have that problem because we get 50 to 100 appliances a week um, from all over the world. Um, I mean, there are many people who was working in humanitarian aid or in military services and um, negation risks is is one part, but if you you work, for example, in a refugee camp where you have uh, ten thousands of women and and, and, and childs and you can impact their life and give them a new hope it gives you so much back um, for a human being um, that you you can, you can live for years with this positive energy, what comes back? And on the other hand, to be honest, Jill, we we, we, don't, we cannot leave terrorist groups, uh, countries or even part of a continent and, and don't try to change the reasons why terrorism comes. It's, it's not I'm, I'm not fighting against them, you know. They don't like me, but I'm fighting against poverty. I'm fighting against the reasons why people flee. I'm not in conflict have. with any military group or with any government. I'm neutral. You know, I have. Um, I'm not against Russia or against Germany or against France. Africa Grid is a neutral company who provides electricity, cool chains and water, and helping people to decide their own self-determination. You told that, but even that self-determination is for radical groups not a good thing. They don't want to have women um, to decide if they want to get married with eight years or not. Um, and these are problems what, um, yeah we address and that's risky. What's a split between you know, local employees and, and expats? Yeah, because of this situation, we reduce the expats dramatically. But what is it like, roughly, ballpark? I think we have, uh, meanwhile, about 150 to 160 employees. If you take the full-time equivalents, we have about 50 uh, freelancers. Um, And I think we are 25, I say, white guys or white women. Uh, The others are locals, people with a strong background. Um, As Ida is um, a strong part of Africa Green Tech, we always say she's Africa and Green Tech and um we have in, in 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 leading positions here in africa we have mostly black women um who are director of our local um, structures and um yeah we we are we are also very diverse and um this is very attractive for people who who want to be change maker you know i mean you do, you don't come to africa granted because you make such big money out of it you come to Africa
1: Green Tech to feel good that you really be part of the, of the change. How many people have you said applied to your company per month or per week? Well, we get 50 200 appliances a week over our channels. How do you explain that? I mean, I know you are, for example, super active on LinkedIn. You have, I think, 50,000 followers. I read your story every time I see them. This is inspiring to me. As you said, you're not afraid to be political. So I know it also helps a lot. The more you express your opinion on LinkedIn, like most of the content is super neutral. So sharing your opinion usually helps to drive comments. But how much the climate activist parts and the LinkedIn parts is contributing to you know, attracting people? And is there something else like, do you do a lot of PR? Or is the PR part coming on its own? In the beginning,
0: the story of this couple... This intercultural relationship was a big difference between all other companies because uh, we were such fighting together. I mean, we also had these problems in, in our in our relationship to being totally different in our in our um, <laughs> characters. But um, I think in the beginning it was very strong. This story of this couple to 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 overwhelm these these we' making this bridge between two cultures so even for a big for many many diaspora people in in Europe, we was always also an example that an intercultural relationship can 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 run well and um, I think this is an important part. Diaspora is a strong part of our employees and our resources because, um, we are quite known in this in this in this um, area. On the other hand, I think it's just the, um, yeah the story what we have in Mali that we are working since years in the dangerous country in the world and we don't leave. You know, everybody leaves the Bundeswehr leaves the French army leaves everybody leaves and we stay. And this makes us. Um, yeah, people can trust us, and this trust in in that what we do is also bringing that that what we say is 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 uh, trustable, and um, trust is the most important value I think. What our brand create, and what helps us that our clients are our best uh, sales agents, because uh, for a young African electrician. I don't say African because Africa is 55 countries, but if you look to a Senegalese electrician coming out of university, they are quite active in, 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 in the Internet, so they research um, and they want to be change maker. The Young, good-trained people coming out of their education today, even in Germany, even in France, everywhere, these young generation don't want to work only because they make money out of it. They want to have a sense in their lives and they want to work even under an inspiration because the world is in a, in, a, in a huge transition. And you have to decide, are you part of the old, bad, fossil world? Or do you want to be part of these people who try to make the planet a better place for our children? And I think either me as parents, We stand for this value, and that makes us such attractive. I think the channel, if it's LinkedIn, Facebook, or PR, it's even not important. As you know, I'm a mentee of Mohamed Yunus. It's also a big, huge network. So we are really living in this social entrepreneurship bubble, I will say. And uh, here we are quite known, and I'm very thankful that because it's inspiring me too. Because the people, these people coming already with this with this open mindset. Here. I don't have to explain them what is this the, the the matter and the reason why we do that. They already know. They <laughs> last week here I met somebody in the restaurant, and because of my barb, um, people recognized me. So two people coming from Germany, they they moved to Senegal, and they just met me and say, "Are you not this guy?" With this, uh, with this containers, I said yes, 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 and they said we just didn't sleep two nights and two days because we watched all your videos on YouTube, and we are so shocked that you <laughs> that you are now here, you are a real person, and um, this was showing me that 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 what we do is the right thing, and we want to continue, and as much as much people follow us, supporting us like you, thank you on that way, Sheila. Is is, is is good because it's not only our work it's the story behind why we do so because we we want to support people to have their dignity to have a self-determination and that's humanity and most of us forget what it is about it's not to to make a big salary and and profit and uh, driving Luxury things. It's to be a good person, and I think if we can, if we are a good example for that, what more you can reach out in your life, you know. The biggest important thing in what I had in my life was, as my eight years old daughter, give an interview to a journalist in Mali, where well, I was not present, and the journalist ask you ask, what do you want to be in the future? And my 8 years old leader said, I want to be a social entrepreneur because I'm proud what my father is doing. And I was crying. And um, that's what I'm, why I'm doing so what I do. Um, I want to be that my children are proud on us and others perhaps rethink their
1: way of life. That's a beautiful story. And you can be proud of that. Your daughter can be proud of that. Definitely. Uh, I think here to be on the entrepreneurial side and the advice sometimes to give people who are listening to this episode, I see something like you go one step further. I think that for example, Lububina, John Nova, like in a way that like, you know, you have a positive mission. You walk the talk, you know. And the third thing is, I think you are sharing your opinion a lot. And, uh, you know, you're talking about storytelling wise, you're talking about the bad guys, fossil fuels. And you're not afraid to say it. And uh, the more I realize as well, it's when you dare to do that, you'll have people who say, how do you dare to do that? But at the end of the day, people will follow you because they think like you. And we need to change this world. And I think at the end of the day, these big corporations, you're not attacking people when you say that. We can debate for a long time probably if the people at the very high place are probably bad people, which I believe a lot of them are probably only caring about money and nothing else. Uh, so I agree with you, uh, but you're not attacking the, the entire 200 people working on these companies. But daring to share what you think, I think is really helping to drive people, you know, trusting you and, and that. So congratulations for that part. It's already been a long time. So let's move to the last part of this podcast, which is uh, to, to ask you all the questions that I always ask my guests, the usual questions. What is the best advice that you've been given as an entrepreneur? I think... It was from,
0: from Yunus
1: that he told me that if the
0: pressure against your project or about your vision is the, is highest, you know that you're on the best way. Which book would you recommend
1: entrepreneurs like you to read?
0: Yeah, also some books from Yunus are very interesting. The Idea of Social Entrepreneurship, I don't have all this title present, but we can make this in the show notes. Um, there are even some books written about HET. There is a book in German. We mentioned das Klima retten. This is a story from a journalist what was with us two, year, two weeks in, in Mali. Uh, is, uh, his name is Thomas Kuchem. Uh, he also published some, some radio um, podcasts. And he was very, very critic. So in the, in the in the first discussion we had on the phone he said I don't believe that that's true what you say and then I said no problem just take an airplane I pick you up from the airport and you're coming and follow our convoy and he's 65 and it was one of his last African travels after 30 years and he he was really coming and um, this story he told in this book and on the end of these two weeks, we, we were sitting at a restaurant for the debrief. And he really said, hey, I'm thirty-five 35 years journalist. I've visited all African countries and all projects you can imagine. But not even one project has this soul, what Ida and you has given. And I respect you a lot. And I write a book about it on the end of my career. Because I'm so impressed that there is... A good uh, hope out of so many bad projects, so many bad people out there. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I had a chance to, to be with you. And this uh, was really affecting me too, because um, there are so many projects out there where people are ripping or, yeah, making bad things with money, you know. I can give you so many examples. Where people donated and uh, not even one hero comes to the people, to the project. And that makes me a little bit sad that uh, not so much good initiatives on the ground. So, yeah, these books about
1: good stories, I think we should uh, bring to the show notes later. We'll bring them. Do you have a tree, uh, like a podcast or a blog or something to recommend? Uh, Yeah, yours. (laughs) <laughs> for the english speaking um, in,
0: in 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 german speaking um, there are some very good blogs, also inspiring blogs. and, and yeah i I, ha, I have
1: made so many podcasts already i perhaps we can look together in the show notes yeah if you, you can send me the links to the the ones you'd recommend and the, the last thing is can you tell us one thing about you that's going to be very interesting because you have a lot of things online so can you tell us one thing about you that I wouldn't be able to find online? Yes, I was bankrupt some years ago and I
0: I lost everything in my life, all my friends, all my assets. And um, in this um, night where I was totally lost everything, I had only 10 euros in, in my pocket.
1: When was that? It was uh, 2005. Okay, so before you started at Green Tech and all the other companies. This was long before, and in
0: this night I met Ida so that you don't find somewhere, so
1: you have something very exclusive to <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, then, thank you very much, uh, Torsten, so we'll share, you know, the link to your company and like all the, the links to your social your media profiles. Do you have any ask you want to share with a community of people listening to this podcast, you know, raising fundings, uh, hiring, whatever you want to ask to the you know, people listening to this? Yeah, you have me the chance, I want to recommend
0: three uh, points. First of all, if you are really uh, um, inspired by this political part and the geopolitical part of our, what we discussed in the podcast, I invite you to follow me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is written without age, so Torsten Schreiber. And you find me on LinkedIn. Um, I post a lot of relevant things about Africa and um, development um, in Africa. If you are interested to exchange with my team, um, we have a forum, a community. Find it under Um Here you can discuss with us and you have access to all employees. And if you want to support us really, and you think that we can make a big vision and you can be the biggest decentralized energy provider in Africa, by 2030, you have the chance in the moment to invest in our equity-based crowdfunding. Um, this you find under Africa Green Tech. Investments. But important is you need a bank account and a... You have to live in Germany uh, from the regulatory side. Until when is it running? Um, It started some, I think, four weeks ago. And it's ending, if it's full, the target is 6 million euro. And after uh, three weeks, we have already 1.2. So um, probably on the end of the year, it will be fully funded. Um, And
1: uh, yeah. Take the chance, be part of it, be part of the change. Cool. The episode will be out before the end of the crowdfunding, so be sure to check it out. Tosten, thank you very much for your time today and for your inspiring mission and all the, you know, the efforts that you are and the positive impact that you are having on the world. So wishing you a great day and hopefully see you soon sometime in Germany or in Africa.
0: Thank you, Gilles. It was a pleasure to talk to you.
1: If you are busy and might not have the time to listen to all episodes of this podcast, just a little tip, sign up for my newsletter on gtimpact.com. You will receive the summary of advice from each episode and you will get personal recommendations on which episode you should focus on depending on your current challenges, your industry and your startup stage. Have a nice day!